Hello and welcome to Dear Amelia, a podcast where I, a new father, have a series of conversations with friends on a whole range of topics, with the ultimate goal of presenting a collection of deeply personal thoughts for my daughter to listen to when she grows up. This is Benjamin Prabhu, and thank you for tuning in. Dear Amelia, when the year 2020 began, your mom and I were occupied with planning your arrival into our lives. We made lists of things we needed to buy for you, read up on what to expect during the last few weeks of pregnancy, reviewed the birth plan, and so on. What we did not anticipate and plan for was a pandemic that threw the entire world off its feet and changed all our lives forever. And if you think I'm being my usual dramatic self, here's what has been going on. As of mid-August, the COVID-19 pandemic has taken over 700,000 lives worldwide and led to people losing their jobs and businesses while making terminology like lockdown and social distancing part of a regular vocabulary. We have had to wear masks and maintain six feet apart when we are out in public. Debates on cable news and social media has shifted from traditional hot button topics to when schools can be safely reopened. Increased periods of isolation have tested marriages and mental health. Now imagine having your baby, your first one at that, in the middle of all this chaos. Thankfully, your birth itself was not affected in any way due to the pandemic. If anything, the increased restrictions helped you and your mom recover from the delivery without a constant stream of well-meaning visitors. At times though, I wonder how your first few months would have been different without the constant specter of COVID-19 lurking in the background. I wish you had a more traditional and non-eventful start to your life. Instead, we are all learning to navigate our change times together. By the time you listen to this, the COVID-19 pandemic might be something you read about in your history books. There is no doubt, though, that a lot of the things you're used to now is a direct result of society adapting and finding a way through it all. We can only hope your generation is better prepared to handle another event of a similar magnitude. In these unprecedented times, healthcare workers across the world have stepped up to tackle the human cost of the pandemic. I spoke with a friend who was serving on the front lines of treating COVID-19 patients to get some help in explaining what it has been like to live during these unusual times. Jenin Joseph serves as a doctor in India and has a good perspective on what is currently taking place. Here's a snippet of our conversation. Uh, so Jenin, first of all, thank you for agreeing to doing this podcast. I am very yes. happy that you agree to do it <laughs> and Thank you. Uh, most <laughs> you know these are really strange times we live in very unusual times you know wearing masks mm. social distancing having to mm. like isolate ourselves like as much as possible from people that we usually hang out with all the things mm. that i feel like none of us would have predicted when we started 2020 yeah. and now it feels like yes. the world is upside down and i'm sure like future generations will learn about all of this in their history textbooks or whatever <laughs> but 
has going to be. I'm just just surprised at how ill-equipped we as a like as organizations, like governments and like health organizations, like hospitals, public health departments have not been able to get a quick handle on it. Like they've really seemed to struggle for a really long time. Like why do you think that is? So the basic, uh, like everybody took it lightly. So we were all thinking, okay, just a flu. Like, you know, it just goes on its own and uh, nobody was like, you know, taking it uh, as a, uh, like, you know, uh, the uh, and the fatality rate also was less compared to like other diseases H1N1 and all. Uh, so it was like okay, you just get a cold and uh, you get over it and it's enough like that. But the problem started when uh, the ra- the rate of infection, like you know, the rapid uh, spread of infection. So in that case, if uh, like you know, uh, it's it's as if like you know, all world is going to get infected, and in that, if uh, like even 0.1 percent is getting uh, like a fatality rate. That is a, a considerable uh, amount, like you know, there right. will uh, yeah. be like millions of people of death. So that right. is a that was the tipping point. So uh, basically, like every, I, I guess everyone took it lightly, and uh, they were like, uh, okay, uh, we don't need any ventilators and uh, all that stuff initially, like you know. But when it's uh, soon, like you know, uh, all the metro cities, including uh, New York, uh, they they started witnessing a huge number of deaths every day. That is the time when the world realized, like, you know, the, okay, this is not a normal flu, normal virus. We should be, like, you know, more careful and uh, to handling it. That's the time people started ordering PPEs and, right. uh, like, you know, ordering ventilators. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. I feel like... Medicines. And, uh, yeah, that's what I, I feel like it's a very delayed response. Like, I would have expected yeah. we should have, like, at least the health organization should have that's you know that's literally a one job and you have to like meet the occasion and respond quickly and i feel like not just here in the us but in like many countries across the world like everyone responded very slowly even after the outbreak began uh which is what i'm which i found like very surprising and it's affected all our lives you know it's it's just changed uh everything not just for the present i feel like even going forward so yes so you know i for me like personally here you know it's been like three months now three and a half months almost and life has just changed so completely for us right because um i i work at the hospital of course but for like three months i've had to work from home and it's been challenging at most times but you're always like on video calls and stuff like that and it's become like normal now and then you don't really go out much because like movie theaters are closed shopping malls are closed now everything is reopening at this point like gradually but for a long time many places were closed we were not really encouraged to go outside unless we were wanted essential services and if we go out we have to wear masks and we have to like try to stay like six feet apart from each other apart from the fact that that kind of guidance keeps changing all the time. So life has really like changed. And, you know, the one thing is like, I'm not sure like how long uh, it's going to continue like this, even though we are making plans to gradually reopen and all of that. So for you, like in India, like how has this affected life for you from both a personal perspective uh, point as well as uh, as a doctor, like how is that affected? Okay. Yeah. Uh, when the initial uh, starting, like you know, a uh, few cases. Uh, I, I'm working in Kerala, uh, one of the uh, hospitals in uh, Todupura. Uh, so what happens is that uh, 
when the initial uh, we got the news okay the the uh, the cases are being reported and we were like taking it bit likely okay few cases here and there and those people are coming from abroad and so we are isolating those people so that's good enough but then we found out like you know and uh, kerala has a good uh, record actually in uh, like you know uh, contact tracing and everything and they fought against any providers and it was like a pretty decent uh, thing they, they, they have that uh, uh, contact tracing system so that was okay so we were like we were like not so worried actually but thing what happened is that like you know the uh, flights were still coming in right and the people were still coming in and uh, and there were many people who like you know landed in um, other states uh, from italy and europe and those people they never uh, like you know they, they were supposed to report but they never reported so they were just came by car and they started traveling they were asymptomatic and they were like not even having a cold or cough but they were like you know they were transmitting it around so then it like you know we got a shock of our life like after two weeks we are seeing more and more cases and we were like okay something is not right and we started tracing and we were finding so many people like you know those people coming from abroad and at one point of time like we found out like you know uh, in kerala was stopping in all, uh, all all india it's like march i guess march and towards the march and uh, kerala was stopping okay uh, full all over india kerala was number one like you know in covid cases and uh, but still the death rate was like minimum like maybe and i don't think the in march there was any death but uh, uh, towards the end of uh, april there was like the three or four deaths that's it so uh, we were handling it good and uh, initially the response was good but then uh, still the patients were coming in and they were like you know taking it lightly and uh, many people are like uh, not reporting and all so that was the moment it started spreading and for us as a health professional we were like okay uh, we, we were under lockdown from i guess march 23rd i guess uh, from, uh, under the uh, our prime minister modi so it was like a full lockdown and we were not supposed to go outside uh, we were just supposed to go um, like you know 2 km distance and find some uh, like you know grocery shopping and that's it the shops were like only the grocery shopping uh, those uh, and the vegetable uh, like you know you can get and something for uh, cooking and everything and petrol pumps the, those were the shops only open and the hospitals of course uh, me being the health professional like you know i could travel without any hassle but there were so many checkpoints here and there uh, in kerala government and uh, i guess at that point of time uh, all the transmission was slowing down and uh, there were no uh, not so much of cases being reported from kerala because like you know slowly everybody was like you know restricted to uh, their home and uh, they were like uh, living off their own uh, like you know uh, whatever they accumulated food and everything so it was okay but uh, the basically the problem is that like you know uh, many of the people uh, they uh, i mean as a uh, in in middle of this uh, pandemic itself hospital went into crisis meaning like, there was no patients everybody was so scared right. of the hospital they were thinking of getting infected so they were not going to the yeah. hospital at all right it was happening so that here was, too yeah yeah so basically like you know we had to go under emergency uh, meaning like you know we had to uh, reduce the number of staffs we had to give uh, we had to like you know decrease the amount of staff working the uh, decrease the amount of the doctors 
and we uh, we were like risking our lives but we had to uh, we, uh, the hospital management uh, asked us to uh, uh, like you know get 50% salary uh, cut so those things like you know uh, we were like uh, uh, we were like shocked because like you know we are going we are uh, going daily and uh, we are not getting the salary we were promised and those people who are sitting at home and all those engineers and working at home and uh, even uh, on leave they were getting like you know uh, they were getting the salary so that was like a, a personal point of view like you know we were like a little bit okay the this they should not have done like that but then we couldn't say anything to the management because we could see literally there were no patients so that was the thing no i then, I, uh, I agree because like even for me you know um, since i'm i'm not necessarily always working in a daily patient facing role it's like i do see patients regularly but it may not be every day so as much as possible uh you know our hospital was like you can work from home for the most part and like you said patient volume started decreasing here because it, it was it was both like you know people were hesitant to come to the hospital just that stigma of like oh if you go to a hospital even if it's not for covid i will get you know covid <laughs> or even like the hospitals were trying to like focus especially in the early days trying to focus on taking care of you know covid cases uh and kind mm -hmm. of like pushing back uh, non emergency uh visits mm -hmm. and surgeries and all of that and that affected you know like hospital revenue and so what they had to do mm -hmm. was kind of like what you said uh, a combination of like pay cuts as well as you know furloughing so like for me i had to be furloughed for 3 weeks um so mm. these are the kind of things that affected especially those who are working in the healthcare field and one thing that i read about and maybe you can talk about that is there was a lot of stigma uh, on healthcare workers like doctors and nurses ah, yes. in india like people treating them a little differently like have you experienced any yeah. of that uh personally like uh, you know um, like i'm staying at my i was staying at my home so i was like you know better off in the sense i didn't uh, get any stigmatized but then uh, my wife uh, she was uh, she was working in salem and uh, she was staying in a rented house and uh, the moment like you know the outbreak started happen i mean like you know there were like uh, out, uh, there was a rumors of outbreak uh, she she had a leave like you know the I mean, the college have granted the permission, and uh, they, she could come back home. The moment she came here, like you know, to Kerala, at that time the, there was a peak of cases, like in March end. So it's like uh, only the, in full India, they were like just thinking, okay, only Kerala is having problem of this COVID cases, and uh, uh, the people from Kerala they should be viewed with a suspicion and everything like that. The moment she came here, the house owner called me up. house owner was like uh, the the place where she was staying the house owner called me up and she was uh, he was like oh you uh, ma madam came to kerala now no now don't come back uh, uh, come back only after everything is solved come back only with a covid negative certificate uh, like you know and she he was like literally telling okay there was uh, everybody in the tamil nadu is viewing kerala like with suspicion uh those people uh, like you know that was like a little bit hurting in the sense like you know uh, we never asked for the cases and uh, there were cases but then uh, it was like you know uh, it, it doesn't depend on <laughs> like you know she was she was coming back from tamil nadu so uh, and the, the, those people 
like you know uh, the house owner they were like okay uh, there are many people staying you now close by and uh, uh, we are like uh, uh, everybody is asking me why you are letting uh, kerala stay there like that so that was a little bit of stigma i felt i felt like okay that is not uh, called for and uh, uh, but then <clears throat> Well, once you are back at home, there was no stigma. Meaning, like you know, uh, there was like, okay, you go work and come back. You go work and come back. But then I heard and I uh, like you know I read also. Uh, there were so many people facing it, uh, especially those who are staying uh, like you know outside states and uh, those who are working in this COVID hospitals. They face a lot of issues. Uh, they were like uh, literally asked to vacate the places. and i know the personally uh, one doctor who was working in thodubada general hospital and uh, what happened is that uh, uh, he was like uh, uh, his uh, in that hospital one of them is that uh, that uh, he was staying in a pg and that pg owner called him and told him okay uh, sir you should vacate the room immediately and that happened in kerala okay so you should take the room immediately and this uh, fellow is uh, staying i mean uh, his house is like uh, completely like uh, 300 or 400 kilometers away from where he is staying so he was like a shock at a shock and he his owner was like okay uh, because we cannot allow this people uh, this uh, because to spread so we ha- you have to vacate but that uh, ultimately became a big issue Uh, even like uh, collector had to get involved and they they made sure that like you know uh, such, such thing doesn't happen again but uh, like you know there were some tipping points here and the so during times so, like that has has <clears throat> made you question like why am i doing this like why am i even a doctor if people cannot appreciate me during these times <laughs> like has that ever occurred to you uh meaning yes to as and like uh, i mean i guess uh, those people who face the abuse the, the they were like okay uh, yes they, i i have few friends who faced it actually and they were asked to vacate the uh, those those people were like okay uh, yeah why am i doing this to uh, when like you know nobody is like you know giving that gratitude uh, we are risking our lives to save them so those the, there were some talks like that you know but i think I think history will look back upon all the healthcare workers of the current era of this year. I think history will look back and really like salute them. I know a lot of people are appreciative even now, um, but sometimes you don't see that in action, like you said. And it's not just confined to India. Obviously, it's in a lot of places. You know, there's that stigma of healthcare workers. You know, people just think, oh, you know, this person is probably probably has the COVID because they're working in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be around them. And then on the other end, you know, you read stories or hear about how it. right, but you also hear stories about how mm-hmm. hospitals are not getting enough supplies. are you know like doctors and nurses don't get enough protective gear oh, yeah. or equipment and so i feel like later i mean in future people will be more appreciative of you know all the medical staff that worked through this pandemic to mm-hmm. to help everyone yeah and i just want to like you know uh, tell about that also uh, pro, uh, like ppes <laughs> about ppes like uh, protective equipment in the ho- yeah so what happened is that uh, we were not like you know given proper ppes in the first place being a private hospital they couldn't afford actually they were like okay 
if at all there's a suspicious patient and uh, you are like okay uh, you are going to intubate the patient or something like that you are going to uh, like ventilate the patient that's the time you can wear the ppes right okay and yeah. you were just given a normal mask and that was not even three layered mask initially and right now also uh, we are like uh, asking for three layer at least not even n95 mask but three three layer mask but that also they are not even willing to provide even now so maybe after because all these of the hospital yeah uh, uh, even after this month and they were like okay uh, right now in this our districts they, they have divided into districts right so in this district it is like there was no covid cases right now so uh, they are hesitant they, they are like okay uh, it's not going to happen but then uh, we will never know unless like you know uh we will never know the patient who is coming in if, if he is negative or positive it's like always that uh, that uh, tense moment like when you see the patient and start taking his pee and he starts saying okay i'm having breathlessness and cough and that's it like you know you will be like okay i should like you know treat you or not it's like uh, that uh, and uh, you you are just wearing that so, uh, single layer mask and you are like okay uh, is it uh, enough <laughs> am i right. going to get infected all that psychological thing like you know mentally like you get this that this is not uh, just for you uh, it's also for your family like you have to think of your family when you go yeah. home like that you're not transmitting something to them yes that was also an issue uh, in the sense like uh, whenever we come back uh, it's like you know uh, you, uh, you you like you get a disinfectant and uh, mix it in a bucket of water and uh, you remove all the clothing and everything whatever you used and uh, you dump it in that and you let it soak then you wash it actually so wow. it became a routine it's crazy <clears throat> now tell obviously as we have discovered in the last few minutes you have pretty strong opinions on a lot of things so tell me <laughs> what is your personal take on the precautions that we have been asked to take since this all began like you know we've been asked mm-hmm. to socially distance we've been asked to wear masks and here in the US everyone has an opinion on if it's necessary or not like what is your take on I, i know india has its own like probably similar in terms of like what okay. kind of precautions everyone's being asked to take uh mm. what, what is your take on it like what is how effective has all of the precautions okay like uh, the way uh, you were saying like you know uh, people are wearing masks over here mm-hmm. so uh, like other day like i think uh, i mean yesterday i spoke with a physician over here in our hospital and he was like he was telling oh we are uh, so like you know uh, for last two three months uh, we are not seeing any upper respiratory tract infection it's like uh, because of the mask <laughs> nobody is getting infected <laughs> meaning okay. like you know it's helping actually the masks are actually helping right uh, but that uh, the best thing of what is happening is that social distancing is so much more uh, effective in with uh, use of hand sanitizers and everything that is also helping and the uh, people are a bit more cautious in the sense uh, whenever like a cough or somebody is uh, uh, like so somebody is coughing like they are uh, maintaining a little bit of distance and uh, making sure that like no they are not in that uh, one meter or two meter range so the, in that sense uh, it, it is uh, to certain extent helping but then i'm not so sure like you know whether those uh, that that may decrease the like you know the infectious part but there will be some or a few infection anyhow like right. but i i guess the point of pp is, is i mean like you know uh, all the masks and everything is not just for the uh, to make sure that there are no cases at all 
it's just to make sure that you know the cases are still there but we can handle it we can like handle with the, the medical the flatten the curve Right. like you know we can handle it and make sure that we are not uh, like you know whatever is happening in bombay it's almost like a uh, health infrastructure is going like you know going to collapse You're like that so yeah. uh, that so that is the thing so i guess uh, in that sense uh, like it's bit better so uh, meaning like if you wear the mask and everything do you think as uh, as a public we can do more like apart from all of these like masks and uh, social distancing those kind of things is there anything more that we can do or we should be doing but we have really not been doing uh the basically like you know i guess uh, avoid the crowded uh, shops and everything many mm-hmm. people are uh, even even after repeated uh, the government, government announcement whenever they tell okay Uh, this uh, restriction is being lifted and you can go outside and you can shop uh, or you can do that the people seems to be like you know okay it's done and done deal now you can just go out and you can do whatever you like and you get group of friends and uh, you go shopping and uh, all that so basically the it's going to whatever positive thing what happened uh, because of the lockdowns over here in uh, india it's all going to be like you know uh negated by this uh, or whatever irresponsible behavior like you know after coming out of lockdown i think so first of all the basic thing is people hate to be told what to do right if you tell yeah. them like <laughs> don't go out guess what people mm-hmm. will want to go out and I, and i think the big challenge and i see that here in the us too is people till, till it happens to someone you know like personally mm. uh you don't feel the impact or the seriousness of it it's different yeah. for someone like you when you're working in the hospital and you're seeing all these cases mm-hmm. but for other mm-hmm. people they may not be seeing they're only seeing it on the news they're hearing about it from mm-hmm. others so it's not really hitting them how serious mm-hmm. this is so at yeah. slightest chance people just want to like go out hang out in groups and i get it like i i just want to like hang out with my <laughs> friends and just try to be you know as normal as possible and it's kind of frustrating and i feel like a lot of people they they can't do it and and the second thing is like yeah. especially in a country like india with the population that mm-hmm. india has like i can't even imagine like how hard it is for people like authorities to just yeah kind of control that to, to stop people yeah. or to like tell them listen don't do it but people we have <laughs> india has just too many people like it's just hard i feel um, yeah uh, to do that so from a personal point of view has there is there anything that you have missed since this whole thing started that things that you used to do and mm. you've not been able to do of course like many things like uh, i like going on a vacation and uh, going out with friends and uh, going out to eat anything from everything anything and everything it's like you know i was just say, telling to my wife okay uh, tomorrow we can just plan out to some holiday trip plan somewhere but then again we cannot stay anywhere the hotels are closed everything is like you know uh, like uh, not normal anymore so whatever we feel, we felt uh, okay comfort zone and everything uh, it's all gone right now and it's like uh, uh, we are like uh, living in a we are we are working and coming back and we are staying at home and we are going to work again it's like the, the routine is like that and uh, it's tough to uh, imagine like you know when the cases start uh, right now the it has been flattened in india so far so uh, it's tough to imagine uh, where, where, when we will get it uh, like you know to flatten the curve and everything 
and uh, when it's th- things are going to get normal. Uh, so I guess uh, uh, I miss uh, parties and everything, like you know, friends and uh, uh, going outside. And I that, guess. And that also has that mental health aspect to it yeah. because I feel for a lot of people they felt mm-hmm. so isolated during this time you know like not being yeah. able to interact with friends and family as much as they normally would and some mm-hmm. people can handle that well some cannot so you know you're seeing people taking drastic mm-hmm. steps uh, you know and yeah. like marriages being affected people just yeah. you know like it, it, it's very hard for people so how have you been taking care of your mental health during a time like this <laughs> uh, yeah i mean like for us it's like uh, <clears throat> what you say like you know uh, i guess uh, 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 talking to uh, some people like you know having the same uh, meaning like uh, pro- uh, medical professionals and uh, sharing our own uh, success and everything or whatever our ways are it helps right. actually and uh, that was uh, like when you see like everybody is going through the same situation and uh, like we feel okay uh, since everybody is going it's it's all right so uh, we uh, we will be like you know soon out of it like you know we give some hope like you know okay uh, next year is not going to be the same and we will find some cure for this and like you know some hopes and here and there so that's the thing which helps us going forward Right. We, I mean, yeah, I think you've hit on a very important thing that we need to really check in with people, uh, our family and friends. And I know that's something that I can improve on. But, you know, a lot of people will not reach out by themselves. You know, uh, I think it's important for us to take the initiative and check in with people more regularly during this time. Um, so, yeah, that that's definitely very important. Do you think there is a lesson from all of this for like future generations, like be it for like, like from a public health perspective or even just like from a way of life perspective. Do you think mm. there's any lesson we should get from all of this? Actually, like uh, so far uh, now, I guess uh, masks are going to be new normal. Everybody's <laughs> going to start wearing it for every Oh yeah, and, everyone uh, is trying to buy like things... fashionable masks. That's when you know it's become yes. mainstream. It's yeah, becoming yeah. It's going to be like, uh, you know, all the tie and the uh, bow tie and everything. Accessory, it's going yeah, to be something it's accessory like that. Accessory. Yeah, and uh, that is going to be new normal. And uh, basically, like a lot of weddings, uh, I guess, when uh, uh, India is known for large, big weddings and a lot of them, they yeah. invite more than 1,000 people for, for wedding. And that is actually drastically, came down to maybe 30, 40. Uh, so even my... Two of my friends actually was going to get married, and uh, one already got married, and uh, no, uh, I mean like uh, no, no reception, nothing, and uh, they got married, and uh, that's it. Uh, that's the end of the tale, like you know, they, they, uh, no, no, uh, like, uh, and my one of my friends is also getting going to get married, and uh, no invitation, nothing, and that's it, like you know, I guess uh, it's all going to. Uh, all the lavishness and everything is going down and th- that is actually good actually and we don't need so much of lavish uh, wastage of uh, money so you're saying there are some very good changes that's going to come out of all of this mm, yeah but then uh, we do miss all those right <laughs> i mean we, like, we are it, so used to that I, I so personally the, the lesson that i'm seeing out of all of this is like you know just drawing on what you just mentioned is we can cut down on excess 
you know, like excess yeah. spending <laughs> and uh, whatnot. And we can just try to, yeah. even like there are like environmental impacts, like positive mm. impacts brought about by yeah, all of, mm. which was like very surprising, but also like one piece of good news in, in everything. Uh, but just yeah. lesson from a, even like from a public health perspective, I don't know, I feel like uh, they just need to be on it. Like, just, you know, like make sure like the next outbreak, we're actually prepared, <laughs> we have enough supplies, um, you know, the medical staff are trained well. Yeah. And for people just in general, um, mm. you know, as far as staying fit, staying healthy and, you know, maintaining good, you know, hygienic practices. I guess, um, I guess, uh, right, I mean, like, uh, in Italy, what happened was that uh, it was like, you know, they were not worried about the outbreak itself. And uh, many of the youngsters, they were the ones, like, you know, protesting in the sense uh, when the government started announcing, okay, this uh, this uh, thing is going to be like, you know, uh, you cannot do and you cannot start, uh, like, you know, walking with uh, many people and you cannot, uh, they started imposing restrictions. People were like uh, shocked and youngsters especially. Uh, and uh, they were like, uh, no, we will not. Uh, and initially when the outbreak started happening, uh, it was like uh, people are saying only those old people and uh, only young children, they are, they are getting affected. And the healthy were, were like, you know, individuals uh, in mid 20s and 30s, they don't have anything to worry. And uh, like listening to those things, uh, youngsters were like revolting in the sense. And you can see what happened in Italy. It was like uh, so many cases and so many deaths. And uh, and uh, even in 20s and 30s, so many people were dying. And that was a time when the world realized, okay, this is not to be messed with. And uh, we should start taking seriously whatever the health workers are saying. So uh, I guess like, you know, next uh, coming generation, they should actually, uh, like, you know, whenever there's a pandemic thing, uh, people should actually listen and uh, they should not be criticized, uh, criticizing and uh, they should uh, be a pro uh, part of a solution rather than uh, like, you know, create unnecessary hassles and everything. So that is the thing I should well said, work out. Well said. You know, for me personally, this has been a strange time to become a dad. <laughs> you know, I never <laughs> thought I would become a father in the middle of a pandemic so you know i admit there have been times where i have been like really anxious about uh raising a child in in times like this and i know there are several families across the world who are going through this so it's not just me yeah. and there's a lot of uncertainty about you know how long this will continue how this will affect the lives of our children who are growing up in this era how do you think that we as parents can help our children mm -hmm. through the next few years uh -huh. uh... I guess, uh, like, uh, you are gen generalizing it or uh, just about the COVID thing you're saying, asking? I think specific <laughs> to the COVID-19 era, just because, mm. like we talked about, it's, it's just changed our lives, you know? Like, so whatever I was prepared for when we were, like, expecting Amelia, now it feels mm. like everything is, like, switched around because this happened or it just started, like, a couple of months before she was born. And now I'm, like, rethinking, like, how do I... I, because I feel like there's going to be like there are going to be there are going to be a lot of permanent changes brought about by this outbreak just in the way mm. we interact with people. Like one example is yeah. shaking hands, for instance. People don't hug or shake yes, hands anymore. It. So <laughs> these are the kind of things which that's I feel it. like will affect or change yeah. our lives. And mm. I'm just like thinking, how do I? Is there anything different that I need to do? Even 
you know, just to raise my kid at a time like this. Um, like, you know, uh, I guess uh, since uh, your kid is born right now and uh, in another three years, it's going to get better, I guess. But then uh, we should be prepared for all this again. It can be another strain and another virus and it can be another pandemic yeah, also. Right. This is not so like, we, we can't expect this to be the last <laughs> ever one in our lifetime, I guess. Yeah. As long as like you know uh, i guess like you know the uh, you the next coming generations and they are going to learn about uh, maintaining distance and uh, uh, i don't think there will be many people coming and uh, all the way hugging and uh, uh, like shaking hands and like you know uh, all those things i guess uh, it's going to slowly disappear over the time of uh, like you know the new generation coming up and uh, they'll be like like, you know, us to maintain the distance and uh, I guess uh, like for us uh, being uh, kids and everything, we we used to run around holding hands and uh, we'll be like uh, playing uh, all that. I guess it's going to be more of a restricted approach and uh, because mostly like, you know, parents in every house, they'll be keeping on telling, okay, you should not, whenever you go outside, even when you're playing with your friends, you should maintain a little bit of distance and all that stuff. So I guess it, uh, like you know, mentally they are going to be uh, inbuilt. Like you know, okay, maintain distance, maintain distance. It's not going to be like uh, uh, I guess it can affect the way people uh, when the next generation think. I guess. Yeah, as long as it's all for the better and that the next better. generation, yeah. like growing up, are more aware, more alert to things like this. Mm. Um, you know, that's all. As a parent, that's all I can hope for. That the world that they're growing up in is not going to be as crazy as this um as the times that we're living in uh but outside of all of that jen and like lastly um now you're a dad yourself obviously and how how old is your yeah. kid two and a half years old two and a half so you have two like a two and a half so you have a two and a half year head start ahead of me in being a dad yeah. uh, <laughs> is there any tips or advice that you have for me um as someone who's been a dad for a bit longer than me, because um, of course she's like she's six weeks old today, and it feels like we've had her for much longer. So it's it's been exciting. It's been um, also tiring at times, and so we're trying to pace ourselves. But as parents, as a dad, like, uh, do you have any advice or anything? Just any useful tips that you think is not very common. Basically, uh, we will, we all went through uh, this stuff like you know uh, each and every day crying and uh, no la lack of sleep and everything. It always happens, and the first few months are going to be a bit uh, tougher, I guess, uh, to the mom more than dads actually. Oh yeah, <laughs> And uh, after that, like you have to. And she's but definitely the, the dealing with a lot that, more. Uh, she's definitely yeah. dealing with it a lot more than I am, for sure. Yeah, and uh, but at certain point of time, uh, you should realize that uh, the pressure will get to her, and uh, she will be more of uh, like you know, uh, uh, meaning like the uh, uh, Abigail. I mean, uh, your wife actually like you know, outburst. Some outburst may happen because like you know, she's having that uh, so much of pressure. Uh, like you know. Uh, taking care of the kid 
and because of lack of sleep so you ultimately like after two or three months you should start uh, like you know sharing the responsibility and uh, helping her out in any way possible including cooking and everything i'm trying you should take it i'm already yeah. trying so yeah. i guess it can only get better from here um, yes <laughs> and it's going to improve yes it will it's improve it's going to it's going to get it's going to get better so, like you know and uh, whatever uh, and uh, towards the end uh, we we felt like a, oh she is now 6 months so i we miss the third uh, three month old baby like that and she is going to get so old so fast it's like a two and a half years just went just like that like you know snap of the hand uh, finger so it's like uh, you will miss all those uh, crying waking up, waking up and all that stuff i don't <laughs> know how i'm going to miss <laughs> those moments but if you say so i guess i guess no i i'm i'm sure we'll miss it but right now no we're not we we are very happy when she's peaceful and sleeping and just calm but maybe yeah one day we'll look back fondly <laughs> memories but yeah. jenan thank you so much yeah. for your time this is like yeah. a very heavy topic in a way um like covid-19 because we're still in it it's not like something that's happened in yeah, the past yeah that's not uh, um, we we cannot say anything more like uh, because uh, unless like you know vaccine or something is found and uh, if there's still uh, the progress uh, the cases are progressing and uh, we we'll never know what's going to happen but right. i guess uh, right now the new york has come down i mean like the deaths and everything has uh, reduced a lot i guess and now it's only like 40 to 50 deaths per day and uh, and at one point of time it is like uh, thousands so right. that is like uh, um, good Yeah and obviously all of this will be very different when Amelia grows up and listens to this and yeah. you know I just wanted I just wanted her to know because the year that she was born is you know later people who look back at 2020 as the year that the world just like flipped out because there's so much going on i mean we we haven't even like talked about other things that's going on apart from the covid-19 <laughs> outbreak both here like in the US <laughs> and in India and like in some other countries uh but it's been a crazy year it's a very eventful year and yeah. we're still in june there's still six yeah. months to go <laughs> god knows what else will uh, happen mm. but i just wanted her to know like this is probably going to be like almost like a landmark year as far as uh, public health as far as outbreaks are concerned mm. because before this we used to talk about like the 1918 flu you know over yeah, a century Spanish ago flu. so i wanted yeah. to kind of like get an idea of like what you know what are the things that we had to deal with uh during mm. the years she was born so i hope in a way this is uh more personal than like a history lesson or something she'll watch in a documentary someday uh but mm. i do appreciate uh your time and sharing your thoughts and you. views and your experiences um and of course i always enjoy talking with you anyway um and uh yeah thank you so much and i hope uh, you'll get yeah. to see amelia one day yeah surely <laughs> i hope so <laughs> mm. all right yeah. good so thanks so, again thank you for inviting me again and yeah. uh, hi emilia <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> your dad's one of the best friends in college yeah like, in- <laughs> uh, wow you you really call that yourself okay fine <laughs> fine i'll i'll fine. consider you that should, one of uh, you shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> okay now it's recorded so i guess we have to make it true <laughs> <laughs> no you you are one of my best friends you're yeah. also one of my crazier friends and uh I know that I can always get some interesting thoughts from you so 
Thanks, dude. And uh, I'll talk to you okay. later. <laughs> okay. that's it for this episode of Dear Amelia. Thank you for listening and tune in next time as I speak with the final and most special guest. Till then, this is Benjamin Prabhu signing off and Amelia, stay safe, stay healthy. Yours affectionately, Dad. <laughs>